Okay. Uh, hi everyone. Thank you for joining me today. And today I'm going to share with some news. Um, this week, uh, the first news in is in the New York Times, and the title is called "An AI Generated Picture Won an Art Prize." Artists aren't happy. Yeah. So pretty much, if you can see my screen, there's a super beautiful paintings right the lighting everything looks so great right however this was generated by a website called me journey if you go to this site right and ai will do the artist work and if you see community showcase it's like someone who you know study 10 years of you know art and can come up with like a, a very amazing art it and looks like it looks like deviant art. Uh, yeah, some of the right. best artists are on deviant art. Yes, right. and it's generated by yeah, you see so beautiful. Stunning. Yeah, it's generated by AI. It's so sad that I mean artists won't get happy just because you see, like um, I mean, I don't know how to respond to it, but uh my background is fine art. It took me at least 10 years to to just to draw something very similar to to real object, right? It takes a while to train, right? But for this, all you need to do is to write some code or, you know, you put some keywords and put, you know, and you, you just put some keywords and computer will generate the exact feeling that you want. I, I think this is this is something that is unstoppable. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing it, I, you know, I'm sort of an expert in, in image yeah. processing and computer yeah. vision. Mm -hmm. And um, I am really good at beating on images to make them super sharp and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And what's happening now is mm -hmm. artificial intelligence is taking that over. Yeah. I can I can take some of the images that I've really worked hard on. That's mm -hmm. not Natalie Portland on, uh, on the upper left that you just had. Uh, yeah. I, I can take some of the images that I've worked really hard on Mm -hmm. And I can improve them quite a bit with uh, some of the artificial intelligence software for image processing. Mm -hmm. So we can't stop it. Now, an interesting aspect of this is um, I belong to the LA3D Club, and I was on the board of directors for some mm -hmm. years on that. Yeah. And um, we have competitions all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the questions that came up was, uh, you know, can people modify their images through... Mm -hmm. Uh, Photoshop and so forth and still yeah. be part of the competitions. Well, there's no stopping it. Yeah, uh, I, I know people have said to me, oh, I only use the iPhone for shooting uh, photos and I don't yeah. modify them. So they're pure photos. Well, the iPhone does all kinds of manipulation yeah, of images right. uh, before you even see the images. So yeah. <clears throat> we found that with the competitions, there's no way to stop Photoshop. You have to allow it in the competitions. Yeah. And um, so we basically have two categories. One is images that you created yourself uh, and then images that somebody else created, basically. Uh, but um, you just cannot stop something like this. And people have won the competitions at the LA3D Club recently by using these computer generated images like this. Mm -hmm. And um, so... I just think it's unstoppable. It's going to happen. Yeah. It will be interesting. This is one of those very disruptive technologies. There's a lot more coming. 
And um, it will be just a question of how we adapt to this. If you're an artist, how do you adapt to this? That's a big question. Yeah. You see, like this is using AI. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you, so you this see? is called Mid Journey. Yeah. I, I had to take another call. So this is called Mid Journey. Yeah. Mid -journey. I'll Journey. look it up. Yeah. Yeah. I have musician friends here in the Bay Area. And you know Herbie Hancock? Yeah. He He's actually an engineer. And he worked oh. with one of the companies I was working with way back in the day. Hmm. Um, and he, he trained. Tra trains musicians but he teaches them how to program first you know because now music is all but he was doing synthesized music you know when the first oh, keyboards yeah, came yeah. out mm -hmm. and the real loyalists you know the guys that that played the, the the regular instruments were really pissed at him why are you destroying music creating all of this digital crap you know and he took a lot of heat for it but he said like what jim said hey you're not going to stop it and he says i can take kids out of the ghetto and have mm. them creating music in half a day. I can't do that, you know, just giving them a guitar and, and saying, here, learn the chords, you know, but if they do an electric guitar, you, you've seen these little guitar games, right? You learn mm. at home. Yeah. You yeah. play with the game and then you can sit down and pick up the real instrument. So that was his argument. That's what I see here is that mm. I I can't even use drawing, you know, Photoshop. Mm. I get so frustrated. My my circles mm. look like eggs. That's what my son, when he was five years old, told me, Mom, you can't draw on Mac. Draw. You know, mm. I was having problems. Um, but I can cut and paste and I can I can do stuff, you know, animated gifts from other people's artwork. But this this to me is just that other side of the technology. Mm. But again, you want to give credit where the credit is due. You know, the people mm. that are the true creators are those you know, and, and I think even with like the NFTs and all of this, you can yeah. you can assign the ownership, you know, yeah. who owns this art and who contributed to this art. Yeah. You know, so that everybody gets a piece, but they each get recognition. Here, what I don't want is that some computer just pirates everybody's artwork and then they sell it and then prevent me from selling my own art. You know, Here, here's an interesting thing. You uh you just showed an image generated by this that was included Natalie Portman. And I thought, well, there's going to be a copyright issue with that. But but anyways, um, I've been running this this software, this AI software. Uh, in my case, it's called Gigapixel AI from Topaz Labs. Mm -hmm. And um, I ran it over some images with faces, some old images with faces. And it did a pretty mm -hmm. good job, except I had an image of myself and my family from when I was a kid. And what they do is they train, they do a, a face recognition algorithm and they train it on mm -hmm. images that have faces and try to improve the, the facial images. And mm -hmm. so I ran that over the family photo and it did a nice job on everyone mm -hmm. wow. except for me. I was a kid at the time and it did improve the image of my face, but I no longer looked my, like myself. Yeah. I looked like someone else. Yeah. And yeah. so that's one of the interesting uh, foibles of yeah. these kinds of software is yeah. that they may introduce artifacts mm. that um, are not what you expect, not what you want. Yeah. So it's just very interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you see, like those art, I couldn't tell it's from AI generate. So no. it, yeah. So for this article, it talks about, yeah, this, you know, the um the work 
generally from AI won the first place in the digital category at the Colorado State Fair. So you see, it's like artists won't get happy because you see artists need to spend, just look at this picture, I believe at least a few months. Yeah. But AI, you know, you write some code and, you know, computers start generate. Yeah, it's similar. Like it talks about the history, you know, of the photography before, um, you know, we all know that artists need to do oil painting or do a lot of, you know, training to get a nice painting. And later on, we there's a photography, right? Of photo, 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 photographic realism. These types of art movement came out just because of the camera was invented, right? Yeah. A lot of artists are were against, you know, photography. Why? Because, hey, we... We, we spend a lot of time trying to train ourselves and draw something kind of real, but photo, if you take a photo, everything just done within one second without any skill needed, then, you know, people are kind of artists were, were against that movement, right? Yeah. But right now, you see, we still incorporate that photography into art and be part of, you know, our art, right? And then, so I think it's just like, you know, Jim previous said that, yeah, we need to include, you know, AI just because, you know, this is another art movement, right? Using AI generate. And it even requires less skills for people to be an artist. You see, if you only know how to code, you can, you see like a previous example, you just write a few lines of code, right? And, you know, maybe upload an image and that image will be, you know, automatically generated by AI and make it, you know, and one, the, 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 the first place for the, uh, you know, competition. So yeah, I think this is inevitable, but it's very interesting to see like uh, the next generation, right? We will, yeah, we will. There's something, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, a contest that's very interesting is National Geographic Holds Contest. And last time I checked, I don't know what it's like now, but last time I checked, their their contests were very restrictive as oh. to what you could use in generating your image. And um, a lot of the techniques that I use, a lot of the techniques that their own photographers use in their mm -hmm. publications mm -hmm. were not allowed. Uh, mm -hmm. So... Uh, it's interesting. There are some very restrictive organizations and uh, in their competitions, they will not allow a lot mm. of things. So there, there's a variety of competitions that have a variety of rules, but it, this kind of stuff is hard to stop. Yeah, right. So, wow, this, you know, if you kind of put it in the Louvre or, you know, like the the gallery or whatever museum, if you just, you know, put that and with a nice frame, I will believe that that is a nice, really expensive oil painting from the past. Yeah. <laughs> but the museum's going to be in the metaverse. Like I said, this is all digital. So you don't have to have brick yeah. and mortar. It'll, it'll yeah. just be, you're looking at it with your VR glasses or looking at it with your browser. Interesting. Um, and I, you know, I, if again, we were talking earlier about the industrial revolution. So this mm. is just another facet of it, you know. Yeah. And you can um, make it move, right? And you can be part of it and you can right. make and, a movie. And people are creating their own movies from this. The, 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 this is that you not only have this, 
picture, but now you're making an animation. I'll make these gals dance around the floor and then I'll add singing and dancing and voice to it. You know, yeah, you see the traditional job. (laughs) Well, 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 well gone. But we go back to the old school masters like the Rubens, you Mm. know, or the Da Vinci's to Mm. learn what things you know, what are the roots? What are the foundations? And I think mm. in order to be a good artist or a good yeah. creator, you need to understand that groundwork. You know, where mm. does it come from? You know, I, I went to a very interesting meeting from the ACM, the Association of Computing Machinery, I believe it is. And um, it was about detecting deep fakes. And so you may have a video of, you know, Obama, for example, saying some outrageous thing that's a deep fake. And the question was, how do you detect that stuff? And uh, so they look for some pretty sophisticated things, like they try to measure the respiration rate of the person in the video. Uh, if they, so for a lot of deep fakes, they have no respiration. And so um, mm. you can detect that it's a fake from that. You can detect their heart rate. Mm. Uh, you can detect fluctuations of the image that would be based on the heart rate and so forth. So an inter- an interesting problem is whether you like this kind of generation of imagery or not, mm-hmm. we may get to a point where nobody can tell that yeah. whether it was generated through AI or whether someone painted it or yeah. whether someone took a photograph. You may just get to a point where you're just not able to tell anymore. Yeah, you see, even I, I can feel, you see, even the circle is not really fake computer circle right if you see this image it feels like a human's hand draw do you see it, it? it's heart- very creative it's a yeah. very creative image yeah it's not a if, if i if i thought it were a computer it would be like a perfect circle yeah, very right. crisp, making design. something but, not but, perfect but is, it's a human but this right is the be- beauty of it is that you get to pick and choose and you know Again, if you would take seven-year-olds and give them, just like the early Mac, you know, at five years old, I gave my son uh, a a Macintosh with HyperCard. And within two weeks, he was creating HyperCard graphics and programs. Now, I had COBOL engineers that still couldn't figure it out. (laughs) He had to show them how to point and click and manipulate HyperCard. Okay, so this to me is like just bringing again, we're talking the younger kids, the creative guys who are the gamers and already Mm. on 10,000 apps on social media, they're going to draw to this. They're our future. So, yeah, we have to put the two and two together, you know. Yeah, I I just think that, you know, um, the reason why I I left fine art, you know, I, I, I was studying in fine art in Taiwan. And uh, later on, I trunk all my art to the trash can and I study design and got scholarship to, to, to our center was because in Taiwan's environment back in 2004, uh, yeah, long time ago, uh, it was more like there's only a certain, a few spots for a super famous uh, artist and they are all really old. Uh, and you need to, the young artists won't get any chance to sell their paintings yeah. in Taiwan un- until those old people pass away. So they can release one spot so you can go up. And those people are happen to be really wealthy and healthy. So <laughs> they will live forever. So I feel like there's no hope to sell art in Taiwan. So I just switch my path 
So yeah. right now you see like this. Wow, it's ah yeah. Well, artist. you wonder what a what a Picasso or somebody like mm. that would yeah. do with this you know I mean he can mm. take simplistic art with you know the picture of the bull is one of my favorite it's like two three lines you know mm. and it's a it's a it's a bull mm. but if you were to take a, a mind that has that in their DNA and mm. all of a sudden start creating with this no telling what you're going to get you know? I, so. I think uh if you think of someone like Ansel Adams or mm. Leonardo da Vinci Da Vinci was always developing new techniques. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people would commission artwork from him and say, why is it taking so long? He says, well, I'm, I, you know, basically I'm inventing a whole new technology right now for mm. your for your artwork that I'm creating. Mm. And, um, for example, he mm. would embed a lot of stuff in his mm. uh, layers of like shellac. Yeah. And uh, traditionally, when people restore paintings, they take all that shellac off. But that's where he embedded a lot of uh, his art uh, mm. in those layers. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was developing new stuff. Now, Ansel Adams, for example, people say, oh, you know, that's pure photography. Mm. Uh, no, I read a book about Ansel Adams and how he created <laughs> a number of his famous photographs. Yeah. And there was an example of some photo I think he took in California somewhere mm. where um, local students had carved like, the name of their school or something into the hillside. Mm. And he took this photograph and that name was in the hillside and it drove him insane. Mm. And so he spent an enormous amount of time in the dark room getting yeah. that name out of there. So he mm. was not at all opposed to using every bit of technology he had his, now, at his in disposal. the in the Yosemite Museum they show these little contraptions that he had. He had little wooden frames and he had cheesecloth and all kinds of other little metal instruments to create the lighting you know yeah. the reflecting of the lighting against big dome or, or el capitan he he was already you know he <laughs> the sun was was a little cloudy so he's just going to add a little bright spot on his own you know so that yeah. he could take the picture sure. so he was sure. he was he was tweaking yeah. you know and and you know he, he was doing it his own way you know yeah and so trying to make it happen but that's why I'm not afraid of this, but I am worried about the deep fakes and I am worried about people getting their due, their credit for their creativity. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. It's just amazing technology. Yeah. I mean, okay. So next news. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, like controversial things related to technology and uh, regulation. This news is on Cointelegraph.com and the title is called Crazy Outcomes When Current Law Applied to NFT and the Metaverse. I like the quote, developers can code faster than any regulator can regulate. So yeah, yeah so this is how I feel right now, right? I feel like, you know, even the interesting thing is that people who, who who become our the, the attorney who get in, for example, our Senate and you know, House of Representatives, they are a little disconnect to our or our judges, right? They are disconnect to the technology right now. So how can the old law regulate the new technology? And since you know everything's keep changing, right? So NFT, people are wondering like how you regulate NFT, right? Because some people are trying to regulate 
the you know NFT since you know it's become more and more popular, right? So yeah, so uh, one of the question is that yeah, first, uh, security, right? How can you ensure that you know the security issues, right? For example, someone tweet. What will be law of metaverse? The legal and ethical dilemmas, uh, you know, yeah. So how can we really, you know, regulate anything in in metaverse? Especially previously we talked about deep fake, right? What if someone fake another person and steal the identity in metaverse, and we couldn't even regulate anything, right? And uh, yeah, and since it's Web3, right? It feels like uh, if we don't do anything, it will be crying, <laughs> you know, like people will use that to do a lot of bad things, right? Good things will keep doing good, but bad things will be really bad. And especially if, you know, kids are getting into this area and kids are vulnerable, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, still don't have the answer, but you see like, there are variations of NFT that will struggle to pass. Yeah, so uh, the how we test. So you, you see like a lot of exchanging system, uh, decentralized system and ownership, right? And there will be a lot of issues, just like a, a previous Jim said that, oh, she saw, he, he saw a celebrity inside the previous R generate, uh, you know, um yeah ai generate art so is that kind of you know who also right right so yeah so this is still you know not really it's an and a no and developers can code faster than any regulator can regulate this is so true right so you see everyone is breaking things so fast right and there's no, no law or regulation right so yeah, so um, and especially for text, right? And I, I, I personally think that um, NFT or blockchain is the best way to do money laundry because nobody can track, right? Yeah, it's very scary, and you can do a lot of things multinational, right? And uh, for black market, it's because there is no regulation, right? And uh, um, and you couldn't really track, right? So yeah, how can we make everything more secure? How can we even text, right? So for example, like if you buy something more than a certain amount of dollars, then you need to pay, I don't know, whatever X amount of value. But since it's from, you know, the the wallet, right? So it's a little bit hard to track unless you use bank, right? So yeah, I still don't know. I mean, I haven't bought any NFT and so I don't really know how to do it, but just think of, you know, uh, the, yeah. And also gambling, right? Uh, part of metaverse is gamify, right? Uh, play to win, right? What if you win something that worth a lot of, uh, cryptocurrency right ethereum or bitcoins and uh, for the gambling part how can you regulate right play to earn those uh games uh right so 
Yeah, there are, and the interesting is that maybe you can uh rule, for example, poker currently in USA federal law, it's kind of ruled that poker is not gambling under federal law because it is primarily a game of skill, not chance, which is interesting because I mean, <laughs> poker is not gambling, it's a game of skill. Yeah, it's very interesting how um, you know uh, lawyer kind of define the. Well, you might game. you might ask whether the stock market is gambling as well. Yeah, I, I personally think that day trader, right? Day trader is pretty much doing the gambling stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So Warren Buffett is a good gambler. Yes, <laughs> if he is. you. Yeah. So so what's game and what's not again. I, I feel like, you know, poker, if you get, you know, a, a good car at the beginning, you kind of has more chance to win. So I believe there is some chance. And life is full of chance, right? So the entire, you know, life, for example, when I was born, I'm a gamer, right? Because I'm gambling every decision that I make. There's a chance. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think there's an interesting analog to this, and that is the drone technology. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be, you know, I knew a guy who's a member of the LA 3D Club, mm -hmm. who was one of the first people to, co to come out with drones with cameras on them. Mm -hmm. And so he had a setup whereby he had a drone with 3D cameras on it. Mm -hmm. And then he had a headset mm -hmm. where he could, you know, watch what the drone was seeing through its 3D cameras, and he would fly it all over the place. At that time, there were absolutely no regulations about any of this. Yeah. And um, so he did all kinds of interesting things. Mm. And he did some of the most interesting 3D work that I had ever seen mm. at that time. Uh, but now there's a bunch of rules that are about to go into effect in September, mm. where if you're flying a drone, mm. uh, you will have your drone will have to signal to authorities where it was launched and where it currently is and provide constant location updates. Mm -hmm. And so now it is so tightly regulated mm, that, yes. um, you know, before when drones first came out, it was sort of a new type of freedom mm -hmm. because, I mean, uh, you weren't supposed to go into certain areas, but the drone could go over that area, right? Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, it was a it was a new type of freedom, but they've really, really cracked down on that. And mm. uh, September, the the crackdown is just pretty much complete. Yeah. So um, I think there's a desire to crack down on these things in that way, but yeah. it takes time. It takes it takes a while for them to catch up. Yeah. Um, I'd like to comment on the drone here because I'm here in Santa Cruz and there's like five drone companies and some of them are really getting them big. And, and of course, Joby Avionics, you know, is dabbling in drones with other companies. Um, we have fires, but people with these little hobby drone things go up in the air and they prevent the firefighters and the helicopters from doing their jobs. Yeah. So that's why they had to come down hard and start doing all these regulations. Yeah. But when we have like the Mavericks surfer contest now, those drones are out there taking pictures of these oh. surfers in the waves real time, right almost on top of the wave or in the tube with them. 
mm-hmm. which is something you could never do before. You know? yeah. Yeah. So it, again, it's a two-edged sword. The yeah. technology's there, but how do you do it and how do you safely do it without 20 people attacking this maverick server, surfer? Yeah. If everybody can just, you know, sit on the cliff and launch their drones and the poor gal that or guy that's down surfing gets bombarded by drones. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, when, when I see this, I, I don't know. I think we are in a very exciting era that a lot of stuff is not regulated yet. And there are a lot of, you know, opportunities and also, you know, I, I think it's like a one coin, two sides. So if you want to look at the good sides, it's great. It's liberate, you know, the, the artists, right? Artists can sell their stuff and, you know, sell more because of Dow, right? But if you look at the bad side, it's, you know, there's always bad side for new technology. So, yeah. So I'd yeah. like to comment on the NFTs and the what I call the audit trails. Um, in the 1980s, I worked for a banking network companies and we Mm. sold ATM systems, we did electronic funds transfers, which is Mm. a big gambling because you're taking, Mm. you know, uh, American dollars and trading it for other currencies. Mm. And um, also in the 90s, I learned when living in Europe about the, the crash of the the uh, tulips, you know, mm. where <laughs> people would sell their houses to buy tulip bulbs, thinking <laughs> they were going to get rich. So as all perceived, because I kept saying, how do we calculate these exchange rates and all that? It's perception. Somebody sits in a big office in Brussels and decides what the exchange rate is. Okay, just just don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, that's not your job. Um, and the same thing with the tulips. And the same thing with the dot com. Everybody has a perceived value. The banking for electronic tra- transfers, we have audit trails, you know, all these digital calculations that track who goes to what bank when. And certain people sit on certain keyboards and they're the only ones that can do those transactions. And the big run it forward. Now you have all of this auto trading, the NASDAQ, which, you know, the bank, the company I work for built, helped build. It's all auto. It's it's like a machine. You don't even have people touch it. They just look at the the, yeah. the 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 spit out of the data or the snapshots, you know, just before the close or or we have to close the market because the stock is going going sideways or something or and the regulations. Um. So these NFTs and the blockchain came out of that realm where you have machines decentralizing things. So you don't have to have this kingpin in Brussels being the godfather of the world markets, okay? (laughs) Uh, But on the other hand, people, again, the greedy people of the world are being uh, uh, scammers now where they create false banking models, get people to buy in their pyramid schemes, and then, you know, they pay... $10,000 $10,000 for a digital art or a, a piece of real estate in the metaverse or whatever. And then boom, it's worth eight bucks <laughs> six yeah. months later. And these are the big losses, you know, and also the, all the dirty money that comes along with drugs and, and nefarious articles again, can like, you're absolutely right, can be hidden. And this is a drain I look at ransomware, you know, people don't want, hey, 
I'm going to give you a million dollars for ransomware. No, they want it in Bitcoin. They want it in some other thing that's non-traceable. So mm -hmm. this is, a, again, a big legal thing. Yeah. And I, I know it will be worked out in the long term or people will just stop using it. I, I, yeah. You know, young kids, myself, I see they are gamers, but they're not buying into a lot of this metaverse hype. You know, I don't need the Gucci purse. I don't need to be hanging with Snoop Dogg. I just want to hang with my friends, do my own thing and have my own little coins that I create for myself. Mm -hmm. And we do our own little bake, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I find that even more curious. It's like, you know, forget B of A, forget Visa. I'm just going to do it my way. And I'll I'll track it using a, a an NFT model that I can pull off the Internet, you know, and just mm. set up my own. An interesting thing community, about that. Community bank. And now you see all these microloan companies, too. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing. You know, you can get microloans for just about anything on yeah. anywhere on the planet. And, and it's its own little bank. That is supposedly one of the reasons be, behind the Ethereum merge, mm -hmm. um, where they move away from crypto mining to create Ethereum uh, mm -hmm. to instead uh, validating transactions on the blockchain to, to create new Ethereum coins. Uh, and um, part of the reason for that is in terms of crypto mining, it, it sort of uh, has been taken over by a relatively small number of players who are large crypto miners. Uh, and um, they end up having a lot of influence over the policies and so forth of the currency uh, because they have a lot of votes, because they have a lot of the, the currency, because they're the crypto miners. So part of the reason for this move in the Ethereum merge is to take that centralization away from the miners, the large mining companies, and uh, move it out to a larger number of parties so that it's harder for like a government, for example, to lean on a crypto mining company yeah. uh, to have influence over the, the, the coinage itself. And instead, there's a, it's more decentralized. And so there's, it's, it's a lot harder just to lean on a particular entity to gain influence. Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 would be very interesting. Cool. Okay, so the last news, yeah, uh, is on the verge. The title is "Trademark Fi uh, Filings Point to Reality." This brand for Apple's mixed reality headset. So we are all. Everyone is talking about mixed reality headset that Apple is going to launch. And nobody really know what you will look like. You know, we we saw that you know that 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 has said that Apple um, is going to launch. It's just imaginary, you know, drawing. So nobody really know what it will look like, and nobody really know uh, what's the name. But at least someone find out that Apple filed a trademark name called Reality One Reality Pro. So there's a chance that you know it will be called. Um, reality os right reality one reality poor so yeah so i think it's interesting that it seems like it will go you know uh it, it it's real it's going to happen we just don't know when it's going to launch but uh yeah rumor has said that it will be m2 cheap right but i i don't know i i, I saw the news it seems like if you buy the Apple's mixed reality headset, you still need to pair up with your iPhone, 
which is a little not so cool. Because, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's, you know, Apple, we all know the interface or everything will be great. But it's just that you need to pair up your phone and uh, there will be some limitations, right? So Well, you have to have an internet connection. So mm, yeah, you're going to need that. What's very interesting is, I don't know if we can talk about this, but Meta just signed a deal with um, the guys that produced the Snapdragon processor. What is that, Qualcomm? Mm. and um so that that's the process they're using snapdragon i believe in the in the meta quest 2 right now and so they've signed a long-term deal i guess to incorporate the snapdragon processors in their future uh headset type products mm. um now apple they've got their own chip found well they've got their own yeah. chip designs mm. and they're right now there is there is the M1 MacBook Pros, mm. which are the fastest MacBook Pros. There are, mm. uh, on the low end of the MacBooks, there's uh, an M2 chip, but mm. the M2 chip that they're using is still at uh, five nanometer process. Yeah. Uh, next year, the, the M2 chips will go to the three nanometer process and become much mm. more powerful. But right now, According to the rumors, we've got all kinds of rumors. Uh, <laughs> the the Apple headset is going to use the M2 chip, the current M2 chip, not mm. the one based on three oh. nanometers, but the one based oh. on five nanometers. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty good processor, mm. and um, so it's that's interesting to compare between the two systems, between the the Meta systems and the mm. Apple systems, Snapdragon versus M2. Mm. Uh, I think Apple's probably a little bit ahead in that regard uh so it's it's an interesting thing yeah i um, I, yeah, I wanted to share what what i see happening in the medical world uh where you can't ask a patient that they have to have an iphone and a mac <laughs> to stay healthy um we're looking at health centers and you know again health like everything else is being decentralized so you're going yeah, to go to okay. a cvs imagine going into your local clinic at walmart or cvs and there's a little room there and yeah. it's monitoring your heart it's yeah. looking at your facial recognition it's looking at the way you walk it's mm. monitoring the way you talk yeah i have a physical yeah. you're getting a physical from sensors from devices in like this mesh network yeah and then they want you to have uh, an alzheimer's test so mm -hmm. they could give you, like you do an eye chart now, you know how you yeah. look in the little computer and it looks at your eyeballs and all oh, of this. So yeah. you could put this little headset on and now it'll ask you play this game, you know, mm -hmm. to see if Emily still has the the reactions, you know, or maybe mm -hmm. a hand gripper. They want to see if the arthritis in my hand or my feet are working. So I'm stepping on little tools or little platforms or grabbing little uh, uh, sensory tennis balls you know, mm. to test my strength. So I really believe that Apple is trying to hard gun and do all their power play with their products. But in reality, other technology like this, this kind of sensory environment that is going to, I think, in the long run, play out and mm. just overrun this expensive solution, you know, that, that you'll be able to just have almost ubiquitous sensors in yeah. your house in your hotel, in your car, yeah, in your health center, 
and yeah. it's just going to change. That's just my my two cents. What yeah, I, I, I think Apple is start from, you know, migrating from purity computer to more health, fitness, mm, entertainment, kind of like trying to broad its horizon to more everyday life need, right? Well, so, here's a question yeah. for you guys. How do you yeah. feel about that? I feel good and scary. (laughs) Of course, it's like there is always a downside, which is, I mean, you know, they got all our data, right? All our health data. Who knows what will happen to those data? I'm wearing an Apple Watch right now and I disabled all that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, it just... I, I don't know. There's just something a little creepy about somebody monitoring my. And you can share thing. it to your friend. So your friend knows your sleeping quality. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't I, have I, that thing open, but it's just very scary. You can have a group of community that knows when you sleep, how well you sleep uh, and your heartbeat and yeah. your exercise uh, and how long you walk. And you and you can even categorize your exercise for example you know you do push-up you do you know yoga and it will all record automatically in your uh, yeah or maybe somebody could commercialize that data and um yeah. you know you go to apply for a job somewhere and they say well we have their their health information from their apple watch <laughs> and it sounds yeah, like you, have we're not attack. hiring you because you don't do ten thousand steps a day you know yeah, or, uh, and now with the women's health work. this is the pushback with women's health uh, that they're telling women take all that shit off because certain uh states are going to use that against you uh, as mm-hmm. whether or not they think you're pregnant you know and yeah. whether or not you've had an abortion oh. and all this other bullshit going on so this, and yeah. this is this is an issue with the 23andMe stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, oh, yeah. they make a lot of marketing use yeah, of yeah. that data when they yeah. sequence your genome. Yeah. And um, so, geez, that can be a little bit scary. Okay, so you apply for a job and they say, well, we got your the sequence of your genome, which happened to be available to us and through a service that we subscribe to. And, and we and, can do 3D print of you totally and we can get your genome and you can yeah. fill out and we just we reprint the... A human and replace you. <laughs> yeah, or we think that you may be susceptible to the disease X, Y, and Z, and therefore oh we don't God. want to help you. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did some genome testing, and I have like a six abnormal genome. I mean, it's not happened to me currently, but it seems like you know everyone's gene has some weird you know things, right? So yeah, when I see that, I was like what what that's really scary that you know carry on some something but you know just think about yeah if those data being leaked that's really scary yeah 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 so yeah so those are this week's news and thank you um jim emily join you know the the talk and it's always been pleasure to join you know uh, this Saturday morning talk because I find out that yeah it's kind of refresh my entire week right uh, learning something new and discuss something fun okay so thank you everyone and I will see you next week mm, thanks a lot thank bye. you bye bye